Turn left out of Leeds Station, and within seconds you're in statue heaven. City Square has 13 of them. The square, it is actually a half circle, but let's not stress about that, was completed in 1899 to celebrate Leeds's new city status. The most imposing presence is Edward, Prince of Wales, more commonly known as the Black Prince. If you like your statues old school, this is as good as it gets. Way up on a lofty plinth, a man on a horse with a big sword. They don't make them like that anymore. If only they did. Ed Sheeran on a horse with a big sword. The campaign starts here. Ed Sheeran has little connection with Leeds, but that wouldn't necessarily stop him having the most prominent statue in the city. He has at least performed here. The Black Prince has precisely zero links to Leeds. But in the 1890s, statues did not tend to be chosen by public vote. The prince was commissioned and paid for by Thomas Harding, a local industrialist and mayor of Leeds. Harding rejected the opportunity to recognise a local hero, preferring the Prince of Wales slash Duke of Cornwall, who had died more than 500 years earlier. The Black Prince carried an air of romance, the kind of romance that involves killing French people in the name of England and having a sexy nickname. We can't be sure why he's known as the Black Prince, the name developed more than a century after his death and may refer to his black armour rather than his brutal reputation. The eldest son of Edward III, he died aged 45 before he could become king. But he lives on in Leeds, permanently poised for battle. He's an impressive sight astride his stallion. It is definitely a stallion. I looked underneath. He's about... Twenty foot off the ground. Any protesters who take against the Black Prince will need a head for heights. The sculptor was Thomas Brock, who went on to create the vast and spectacular Queen Victoria Memorial outside Buckingham Palace. It took Brock several years to complete the Black Prince. The statue was too big for any British foundry, and it had to be cast in Belgium sailed across the North Sea and towed by barge from Hull. It was installed in 1903. I open my bag to take out my notebook. Instantly I hear and feel swarm around me. Dozens of pigeons, maybe hundreds, a feathered tornado. To paraphrase Bob Geldof, I don't like pigeons. Those infuriating balls of cooing and pooing. But the eye of the storm is surprisingly calm. Nothing to do except stay still and wait for it to pass. Hunting for my notebook presumably triggered a Pavlovian response. People must open their bags and give them food. God knows why. They find me less generous. One of them pecks my shoe. I try to kick it. After about twenty seconds, they depart in a cloud of feathers. Cautiously, I examine the prince. 
His sword remains sheathed. His left hand holds the reins. His right arm is stretched across his body, perhaps pointing. On both arms, on his head, on his horse, are pigeons. This is the opposite of dignified. The horse has a look of, how did it come to this? Its eyes are oddly cartoonish, like something you'd see on a Hanna-Barbera character. I'm reminded of Percy Shelley's poem, Ozymandias, about a vast statue found crumbling in a desert. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair.